Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is John and... This is Deacon Mike. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Welcome. How are now, you? John, I heard you humming some popular music uh, yes. just a bit... A uh, minute ago. Are you a hip-hop fan? Um, you know, I'm not, but my brother is, and I seem to be around it a lot. So I I have more of the words memorized than I think I do of scripture by this point. So Of the hip-hop music? The hip-hop music, yeah. Club style? Is it like old-school gangster? You know, I don't even know. I feel like I'm always about eight years behind what uh, kids are listening to these days. And so, what, so, wait, wait, wait. What kind of music are you into? You know, I like something called Newgrass. Yeah, new grass. new grass, and hence the introductory music. Which, if you're like me, I listen to the podcast, and I'm like, "Oh, does the music have to go away? I don't want to listen to these guys talk." Oh yeah, that's new grass. More. Yeah, it's like jam style bluegrass, right? Yeah, and that guy um, is uh, it's Bella Fleck who's playing with a guy named uh, Edgar Meyer. Now, Edgar Meyer was trained as a classical bassist, upright bass, trained classically, and then he got into bluegrass. So it's like this really weird oh, so fusion. fusion. Bella Fleck was a jazz musician banjo player, Victor Wooten, all these different guys. They come together for so new grass. That's what I like. I like the new grass thing. So, okay, know. well, I ask you, it's um, pertinent to the topic today Okay. because I want to tell you about chant. Chant. Gregorian See, chant. Let it be known that on Catholic Stuff You Should Know, up until the moment it happens, it's Catholic topics that John doesn't know. <laughs> uh, secrets. Secrets. You secrets. Like, you're like you secret. You do this to me every week. I it's do. Like, you know, I I'm like to keep it shrouded. So we're talking about chant. Mysteries. Maybe I prefer that. All right. Tell um, me about chant. Tell okay, me about... yeah. Well, see, now, whenever you go into um, a social situation these days, you're going to end up asking someone. We don't ask about the weather so much. Uh, that's kind of, I don't know, sometimes we do, and that's like the lame, ultimate level of lame, superficial level. conversation. lowest level. But then you can get to music because people really identify with their music, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. And it tells us something about ourselves. If you know, I like punk and I'm rebellious, or right. I like uh, hip hop and I'm just a fun you know, party or whatever. Okay, so so there's a reason that music runs so deep, and it always has in history. And for for Christians, we know we've had the, we've had a tradition of music with our liturgies, with our prayer, for a long, 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 long time. And it's been especially uh, concrete in the form of Gregorian chant. Okay, back up for a quick second. What if I say to you, what does faith have to do with music? Why, why is there – you, you presuppose this connection between the two? What, what if music is just some of this kind of worldly thing? What does it have to do with faith? Was Jesus oh, a musician? Oh, I don't sad. think so. Oh, Come oh, on, give it John. to me. Well, okay, not only – do we hear that when Jesus was at his most intense moment after the Last Supper, knowing that he's going to his death, what is he doing? He's singing with his with his apostles. Okay, he's singing. What is he? What's the prayer that he prays on the cross? Do you think he's a tenor or a baritone? He was a baritone. I agree. I'm a tenor. Yeah, you're yeah high tenor. tenor one. Yeah. Someday Maybe I'll be Contralto. like Christ. Okay, but on the cross he was praying the Psalms, which are songs, right? He's right. singing. Jesus loved music. Because he knows that, as we know, that every encounter with God is an encounter with the, the beautiful, the ultimately beautiful. And it evokes something from us. It, it forces us to cry out. And um, the most perfect prayers, I think, the most complete prayers are songs. I like um, it. It's the, it's the greatest 
and most blessed way of praying. Augustine's got that famous quote, whoever sings prays twice. So when I grab my tambourine in the middle of Mass, just in a moment of sheer glory. You shake your tambourine. I want to shake my tambourine. You shake your tambourine. (laughs) But don't shake your body. No liturgical dance. Okay, no shaking the body. Just shake the tambourine. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> what? Why did, you, why did you ask me about I don't tambourine? Know. I'm sorry. I, you don't ever carry a tambourine. I'm sorry. I, I, I will never ever sh- okay. play a tambourine. Now, uh, there is a charismatic <laughs> community over there in uh, in Aurora that I have um, worshipped God with, right. praised God. They're right. Catholic, and they have a charismatic service where everybody brings a tambourine, and I was given a tambourine. Okay. I'm sorry. This was supposed to be a short podcast. I keep derailing it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking about chant. Yeah, chant. Okay. So back on. Well, what I wanted to tell you about chant is is that you have this prayer of Christ. Jesus, we know, he liked to pray, but he especially liked to pray the Psalms. And Christians, ever since the, the time of St. Paul, who says, who tells us, pray always, always be in prayer, Christians have always held the Psalms in a great regard. Okay. So they've, they've been singing at, in their prayer from the very beginning. Now, at the time of St. Athanasius, who is becoming famous. Oh, yeah. He's like our guy. St. Anthony of the Desert, who inspired St. Athanasius, had just gone out into the desert and said, I need to retreat from society and be alone in the desert. Okay. Okay? And he's the founder of monasticism in the West, uh, or kind of a a figurehead. Well, in, in the monastic tradition, people get away from society to go and be with God and to pray. Well, what happens and has always happened in Christianity, is that they end up praying the Psalms. They want to pray through all 150 Psalms every week. Beautiful. So this, was, this became incorporated into the monastic tradition very early on. Benedict, when he wrote his, his rule that has defined monasticism in the West ever since, he included eight hours of prayer of, uh, of the Psalms so that... Every week, the, the monks would be praying the psalms. They would be singing them. And they'd pray through all 150 each week. All 150 And this is since week. the earliest days of the church. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Very, the beginning, very, the very beginning of monasticism. Right. Beautiful. Right. Okay. So then you got the monks. And one of the rules was in, in the medieval age, if you wanted to join a monastery, you had to knock on that door, and then you had to recite all the psalms. Really? By memory. Okay. This wasn't like you have to read a book, King James Version, the Lord is my shepherd, oh, I yeah. shall not want. <laughs> no, no, no. You had, to, you had to chant for them all the psalms in order to get admitted. Okay, and then your whole day is spent, every day of your whole life is spent around praying the psalms, going to Mass, doing a little work in between, but mostly just steeped in Scripture and in the psalms, uh, nice. singing and praying. Or Beautiful at, life. Or at Labora. Or at Labora for Benedict. Right. Uh, but even in, in other monastic orders, they're always centered around psalms. And so there was different groups around, uh, around Europe who were chanting. And at the, about the time of St. Gregory, there was a reform to draw all of them together and to have one common kind of chant uh, called, that we now call Gregorian, Gregorian chant okay. or, or Latin plain chant. Time period again? When is this happening? This is um, 7th century, 7th and 8th century. It's still pretty early. Yeah. And then in the Carolingian reform, you know about Charlemagne, there was a a kind of a a unification on a broad level of Gregorian chant as Western Catholic music. Okay? So you got monks chanting and singing, and people would come from 
from the towns, they would come to the monastery because they liked to listen and right. to pray with the monks. Right. Okay, this was the center of sacred music. Eventually, in order to teach other people to sing, they had to start writing it down. So it wasn't okay. written at first. first it wasn't written at first. It was just taught. Just you know, taught. you wow. just go yeah. and listen. You learn the so- you learn the psalms. You learn the melodies and everything um, in eight different modes. And it wasn't written down. But then, th- then they began to write, and um, it started with four bars, and then later five. And the music that we now have has its origins, has its roots in the written music that comes from Gregorian chant. Very nice. From the monastic tradition. Very nice. They also started universities and a lot of uh, other elements of our culture. But especially the chant uh, contributed to the development of written music and what is now the with a Western tradition of music. Don't tell my elementary school piano teacher, but I totally forgot how to read the bass clef notes. I oh, never, I don't I know I never really got those either. good. So. Well, back in the day, it was a lot more simple. It was plain so you, chant only moves a few few different notes. So you had the first couple centuries, they're not writing anything down. It's just kind of being handed on. And then they start to write out. There starts to become a musical form, so to speak. And then that develops eventually into what we have today. Right. Written, written music. And now, of course... Music isn't always sacred, and there's always been um, there's always been other kinds of music like your favorite Britney Spears and your uh, I don't Jay-Z, know what to say to that Jay Z Miley Cyrus. Um, now, how do we get from plain chant to um, like Mozart, and Beethoven, and these guys? Because they would be considered um, oh, yeah. sacred music, right? Oh yeah. But this topic is on chant, so maybe we shouldn't go that direction. Maybe we should just table well, it, I, punt. just just a qu- a quick. Uh, history that the chant began with a very basic very basic style the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he leadeth me beside still waters you see there's like two notes there sounded good eventually the the monks and the monks are all singing together these two notes Uh, then eventually they the monks wanted to spice it up a little bit they start singing other notes then you get different parts harmonies right and um, instruments start coming in. Instruments in. You get all this Symbols. development up into the great, the great symphony, symphonies. or okay, or opera. If you, I think opera is a little bit higher than now. Symphony. L- now let me ask you another question. As as a modern Catholic, I'd be like, chant. That's old school. We don't need that stuff anymore. Is that is it just kind of like, oh, that was a nice thing we did in the first first millennium, or is it still prevalent today? Good question. Chant. Gregorian chant is still the official music of the Latin rite of the Catholic Church. Wow. So it is uh, supposed to have a pride of place in our church. It is considered and spoken of as a great treasury of of Catholic culture in the West and something that our, our, our current pope and the last two have really, or the last three, I guess, that... John Paul first didn't live too long. Um, really supported and and tried to promote as um, an ongoing uh, piece of of Catholic culture and of of import. Now chant, I think a lot of times when people think of it, they think Latin organ, but we chant every morning. We chant morning prayer, and right. we don't have an organ because our chapel's small, so we use a guitar to actually intone it, and we sing and we do the chant. So it, it probably take and it's in English. Probably takes right. very different forms for people. They shouldn't be intimidated. They can learn chant. Remember I told you the monastic tradition has eight hours of prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, th- eventually they took out one of the, one of the hours and then ha- asked all clerics and all religious to pray uh, 
to pray the hours. So now we have the liturgy of the hours. You and I pray uh, about seven times a day these the same psalms that uh, were part of that monastic tradition. Very cool. Great job. Oh, thank you, John. I have an email to share. Mind if I have Yeah, one? read okay, it. Okay, this is from Tom in Houston, Texas. And uh, Hi, I would Tom. just like to say, Tom, reading your email, I was like, I think you know more about this than I do. Because he had all these wild suggestions. But I just want to say, Tom, and this is just for next week, we are going to do one on Irish monasticism. Because this yeah. is a perfect lead-in to um, doing something on Irish monasticism. In particular, a place called Scalic Michael, which is a, a famous establishment of the Irish monastic oh, cool. movement. And uh, Tom, will get to some of your other suggestions later in the semester, but that's for next week. If you have some Irish blood, St. Paddy's Day is coming. We'll do that in honor of, yes. of the man. So any uh, suggestions, comments, questions, fears, anxieties, I don't know, worries, as well, I guess, as the Germans would say, uh, catholicstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Nice work, dude. Thanks. All right, talk to you soon.